This week, who wants to go home? And who wants to come with me to watch Street Fighter? This is Body Counts and Beer. Welcome to yet another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Bromley. I am John Rooney doing my victory pose. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's so tense right now. <laughs> no idea. I can see all the veins in your neck. Yeah. I can actually see your heartbeats moving. Just right in the neck. <laughs> That's my victory animation. No, oh, all right. Yeah, no, Great. Fantastic. No, I like it. And if you can't tell, this week we're discussing the 1994 movie? <laughs> Classic. Street Fighter. Uh, now, you really should have picked up those clues to solve that mystery before we revealed that to you. Yeah. <laughs> All the clues we gave you, especially about John's victory pose. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Street Fighter from the uh, writer of K9000, the director of an episode of Tales from the Crypt, Ooh. and the star of fucking Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Come, Street Fighter. A movie, surprisingly, not about fighting in the streets. No, never. I also think for legal purposes, we can't actually say that this movie starred anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so Street Fighter, if you are not aware, uh, is based on the seminal 90s video game series Street Fighter. Yeah. Specifically Street Fighter 2 and its many incarnations, your turbos, your turbos. Your, your super, your hyper, your turbo, your anniversary edition. Tell me there was an extreme. No. Uh. No? There were the alpha extremes, though. Those uh. were like the sequels to the alpha spinoff series. Or like the repackages. Yeah. Where they would send new ROM boards. Ooh. Oh, wow. With different dip switches, you guys. Ooh. Dip switches? I guess yeah. before we go any further, what's your preferred joystick? Ball or bat? I like ball myself. I'm bat all the way. Uh. Oh, I'm a bat as well. Heathens! You get better <laughs> grip on the ball, dude. Disagree entirely. Wait, John, can you just say that one more time, yeah. but slow it down a little bit? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about penises? Is that what's going on? No. You're trying to get me to talk about Apparently a penis? we were talking about scrotums, but sure, penises, John, whatever you want. <laughs> you're right, sorry I took it dirty, you guys. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Street Fighter, the film, begins like all films do... With a very long, obnoxious exposition dump in the form of a terrible newscast. On the Global News Network. I'm definitely never watching my news on the Global News Network. I don't know. They seemed very animated about whatever it was they were talking about. I'm going to be honest. I've already forgotten large portions of this movie. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the GNN, uh, the Global News Network, their, their original uh, uh, beginning exposition dub is basically explaining that the fictional, uh, to us, not to the people in the movie, to them, no. it's very real. Very real. Uh, the fictional Asian country, Shadaloo, uh, is, yeah, is also being is being taken over by a crazy madman, An General Yeah, General M. Bison, who seems to have his hand in a lot of pots. He's a, uh, a warlord, he's running guns, he's a selling drug drugs, a uh, real estate mogul, yeah. uh, part-time in Inventor and scientist. Correct. 
and he's going to turn artist. He's done some paintings. Yeah. He did that sad clown painting in his uh, he weird. He did himself as a sad clown. Yeah, yeah that's how nice. we know he has a sensitive side, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, General Bison, played by the immortal. Uh, the the. Uh, I was going to say very, immortal. I was going to say immortal. Unfortunately, he is not <laughs> the immortally talented Raúl Julia. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, yes, the sadly departed Raúl Julia. This was in fact his final. Movie that he did as a favor to his kids. He basically did it to have like one movie that it, like his kid really loves Street Fighter, and he's like, you know what? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and he put on his big boy pants and his work boots, and he brought his A game. Yeah. yeah. Now, if there's any redeeming thing that happens in this movie, it's Raul Julia. <laughs> yes, no, because we should know. while he brought his A game, everybody else bought their Q game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, it's probably worth pointing out at this point, or maybe it's not, uh, but they're using the American naming conventions for the characters in this. In Japan, uh, M. Bison is actually Vega, Balrog is M. Bison, and Vega is Balrog. They switched up the names because they thought that having a boxer named M. Bison would invite some lawsuits from Mike Tyson. Uh, yeah. So they did just a clever mix-em-up. The, the extraordinarily litigious Mike Tyson. <laughs> No one's at home in a courtroom like Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh, zing, Mike Tyson. So, uh... Convicted sex offender Mike Tyson. <laughs> Please stop putting him in your fun comedy movies. He is not a delightful cameo. He's a criminal. <laughs> also, races pigeons. Yeah. 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 And, like... Dirty, <laughs> disgusting, filthy, flying rats. <laughs> Yep. This guy doesn't like pigeons. <laughs> no, and I don't like Mike Tyson either. <laughs> Those two deserve each other. So, the the fictional Asian country of Shadaloo. Which is which shown... Every time it's shown on a map, it's a different part of Asia. Yeah. yeah. At one point, it's China. At one point, it is clearly South Korea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of just moves around, sort of like uh, Fiddler's Green. It just, it's just <laughs> it's wherever you need it to be <laughs> right. in your heart. In interestingly enough, Shadaloo is my favorite Three Dog Night song. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I like that one, too. Wash away my troubles. Wash away my pain in the rains of Shadaloo. Why was that used in this movie? Because they had that excellent song that was performed by Hammer and Dion Sanders. That's true. When you Hammer and Dion Sanders, Plus, John. I guess when you have two LL Cool J tracks, you really got to pick and choose who else you're yeah. going out for. Right? <laughs> so uh, after this opening news cast, we are treated to... It being hijacked by... Please stop saying treated. No yeah. one is treated to anything in this movie. We are, we are subjected to... <laughs> we are subjected to the uh, uh, our supposed hero of the film, yeah. who for the first 45 minutes I'm pretty sure was the bad guy. Yeah. And I'm talking about Colonel William F. Guile as played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. And as far as I'm concerned, this movie had exactly one job, and that was to give me screen-accurate Guile hair, and it failed. <laughs> they just took his normal hair and dyed it, like, red for some reason? Right. I wanted shocking yellow in a triangular up top like a fucking perfect triangle and then flat on the top like the Dick Tracy villain. That's right, what I wanted. Right. His hair should be like a savannah grass. And his hair is very important to the character. One of his pre-fight animations is to take out a comb and slick up his hair. Yeah. He clearly cares a lot about his hair. True. 
And yet, I hope someone got fired for that. <laughs> uh, most of the people who are in this movie never worked again. So I think you're right. Uh, and so uh, uh, Guile interrupts the GNN uh, news report being done by Chun Li, as played by Ming Na Wen, who you might know from ER or Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh, fantastic on that show. Uh, incidentally, uh, she is. <laughs> no, I just put that together, and oh my god! Wow, yeah, you're right. That's crazy. I know. I had no, I completely, yeah. yeah. Outside of the film Street Fighter, several of these people can actually act, I'm sure. <laughs> several of them became well-rounded people with sure. credit cards and keys. <laughs> Voters registration cards. <laughs> Tax return documents. Guile interrupts her newscast, uh, basically to cut a wrestling promo, yeah, yeah. apparently. He threatens him, Bison, and then flexes at him really hard. Like, the only thing that was missing was... For for, like, the ultimate warrior to come in and just yeah. do a, a rail of coke and just be like, <laughs> uh, But it works, because it lures M. Bison to transmit back. He hijacks yeah. the signal. Yeah. Yes, they have a, they have a, a break-in newscast fight where they're using their media at each other yeah, to, 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 to and and Bison basically is just like, oh, I'm just misunderstood. I'm not a warlord. I'm just, but also I kidnapped all these people and I'm throwing them into a pit now yeah. called the hostage pit. Right. Uh, and if you don't give me twenty billion dollars, I'm gonna kill them all. Yeah, and now, I have someone who has recorded the voiceover for hostage pit closing. So you know that this isn't like a multi-use pit. It's only for hostages. Yeah, right? I like know. This isn't a storage facility we put hostages in. Guys, human life is priceless. I think we can all agree on that. But there's about 20 hostages, so a billion dollars a person? <laughs> this seems kind of steep. Oh, especially when you boil a human being down to its essential, like, minerals and, like, whatnot. It's really only worth, like, three bucks. Yeah, yeah. tops. So anyways, yeah. <laughs> what we're yeah, trying to say... Let's not touch that anymore. <laughs> what we're trying to say is, uh, Bison is making some unreasonable demands. Uh, and so uh, Guile uh, continues to flex and yell and get into a fight with Chun-Li over using their camera. Yeah. Then he storms off and gives a little, uh, he gives his little, uh, like, I'll get you, Bison. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bison is has <laughs> taken Guile's friend, uh, Carlos... Charlie Blanca hostage and is going to subject him to torture because Bison, he's a good guy, he's misunderstood. All he wants to do, all he wants to do is create the perfect genetically engineered soldier for peace. Yeah. For peace. And he tells us this through a Oscar worthy monologue. It is about a three minute unbroken tracking shop of him just walking around his bad guy lair delivering this monologue as if he is. On Broadway, playing Iago himself. At one point, he frames himself between the towers of his model city, Bisonopolis. Yes. With the largest food court in all of Asia. Because, because all the chains will want a spot. That's right. All the major chains oh, are going to yeah. want to get in oh, there. Yeah. Right. You're so not opening a Bisonopolis without a Chick-fil-A. He's, he's asking for $20 billion, not necessarily to build a soldier. That seems to be like a weird side project. That's his like, yeah, passion no, he's project. Yeah, he's already got the chamber to do yeah. that and all the goo required to, it's to do all the He goo. just wants $20 billion to build a real estate project? Yeah. Bisonopolis. It's Bisonopolis. Like all of America, but in Southeast, in Chandelou. <laughs> well, Bisonopolis 
Metropolis is basically like it's it's that old like Lex Luthor from the Superman movies, like real estate grab. Like that's his whole thing. He's like just a shitty land developer who wants to build a but mini he, mall slash condominium <laughs> complex. He already has the land. He just needs some investors. Yeah. He just needs to put together a good PowerPoint. Where was Shark Tank when we needed it? Right? I'm mm. sure Mark Cuban would have bought in so <laughs> fast. <laughs> so fast. Uh, if only M. Bison could have been on Shark Tank. <laughs> M. Bison, I vote you the sharkiest. I've never seen Shark Tank. So I don't know what their catchphrase are. It is, to be fair, uh, a show where people try to impersonate different kinds of sharks. Yeah. And whoever's the most successful is deemed the sharkiest. Guys, yeah. guys! Has Jaws been on Shark Tank? No, but uh, Jaws the Revenge has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, uh, meanwhile, uh, somewhere deep in the, uh, the criminal underworld of Shadaloo, Vega, the, uh, you might remember him from Street Fighter as the guy who wears the mask and has claws on his hand like Wolverine, but Spanish, is in a street fight in a cage. This will be the only street fight in the entire movie. Yes. You will street notice, fighter. You will notice that it is not only done indoors, but also it is a cage match. It's a cage it match. is not a street fight. Yeah, they're in a pre-octagon. Yes, absolutely. They're in a... Uh, post Thunderdome pre octagon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he has a little fight, and we are introduced to Vega. We're introduced to Sagat. Sagat. Uh, played by Wes Studi. Um, As a character that I always forget is in Street Fighter. Oh, yes. man. I've been calling that guy Saget for years because it's spelled just like Bob. <laughs> no idea it was Sagat. I learned something from this. I movie. mean, to be fair, Sagat's stand up routine is filthy, so I get it. <laughs> I understand. Right? I get it. Uh, and uh, Sagat is taking in two uh, seemingly weapons dealers by the names Ken and Ryu, played by guys. Um, and Ken and Ryu approach, and they make a deal for some weapons that they're selling, they get their cash. Uh, and then it turns out that Sagat knew that they were going to try and pull a hustle on them, and it turns out that the weapons are just tennis Toys. ball guns. Yeah, they shoot tennis balls. Also, where can I get some, like, full-on army replica tennis ball guns? Yeah, Because I fucking need that shit. Probably a Japanese airsoft store. Ah. Right? God damn it, John. How are you going to have real answers yeah. to dumb questions? Also, where <laughs> That's, they that's keep... my spinoff podcast, John Movies. <laughs> real answers <laughs> to dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs> John, why is sky? <laughs> because if we didn't, it would only ever be ground. No! no. <laughs> and that's it for John Rudy's spin-off podcast. Please Let's donate go. to my Patreon, like and subscribe, click the bell icon for notifications for the next. <laughs> He's gonna flush it out doing that like black marker on whiteboard thing. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna play the theme song to Murder She Wrote on yeah. it. It's gonna be great. A little jaunty piano. Yeah, I'm actually already subscribed to this podcast. Yeah, John. I'm pretty excited about yeah. it. That's great. Yeah, uh, read my terms and conditions. You owe me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but that does mean you get the episodes without ads and one week in advance. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking of which, KY Muscle Grease. <laughs> Has been one of our sponsors since yeah. the beginning, and we just want to. They've, come they've really stuck with us, which is ironic because they're grease. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So KY Muscle Grease, buy it. 
When you need yeah. your muscles to be their greasiest, yeah. KY's got your cover. I was glad to see that Vega had a little KY muscle grease on in this film. I yeah. was disappointed that Zangief did not. Yeah, no, Zangief looks as dry as... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. As a, as, a, as a muscle greaseless Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, right? After a, fr- a freshly powdered baby's <laughs> bottom. Uh, so after uh, Ryu and Ken uh, try to fight their way out and fail, they're forced uh, to fight in the ring against Vega. It's going to be Ryu versus Vega. And it's kind of interesting because when they start, Vega comes out and he's clearly the bell of the fighting ball. Yeah. People love Vega. They're playing yeah. Carmen. They're chanting his name. One woman is holding up a sign that says Miss Vega. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it said Mayamo Vega. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I love Vega. Vega. said Me Heart Vega. But, yeah, Miyamo Vega. <laughs> I, we're all kind of in the same area. Yeah, anyway. But be honest, none of us really watched Vega. this movie all no, that carefully. We sort of kind of experienced it. <laughs> uh, sort of like you would experience an out-of-body uh, uh, experience where you don't really remember what happened. You just remember that there was bright lights and your dog was there. <laughs> and he was like, psych, didn't go to that farm bro oh oh yeah boo boo mark for using that thousands of year old metaphor yeah. for what happens when a dog's die terrible though boo your, your out of body experiences sound terrible yeah they're real bad cause I cause I died no mine's just nothing but big talking jars of mayonnaise what what? I guys, the- guys, if you ever wanted to know how white Patrick Bromley was, I think we just got your answer. His out-of-body experiences involve giant talking jars of yeah. mayonnaise. Plain toast for me with the crust cut off and mayonnaise on the side, if you will. Ooh, Ooh. for dipping? Yeah. Ooh, these dill pickles got a little bit of a bite to them. I don't know if I can finish this whole thing. Often I can't. Oh, buddy. Oh, oh buddy. Man. You fucking honkies. <laughs> It's all right, Patrick. Your uh, coupon to the container store is in the mail. Yes! I need new storage. <laughs> so Ryu enters the ring after Vega, and um, Ryu uh, has his shirt ripped off of him in a, uh, I would like to say, just disgusting uh, show yeah. of sexual assault. Yeah. Um, just has his shirt torn off of him by another person, exposing his perfectly chiseled abs and yeah. uh, chest muscles, his chesticles to the world. His, like, 12-pack. Uh, yeah. And immediately the women in the audience turn on Vega. Yeah. The lady who's holding the uh, Miss Vega slash Miyamo Vega slash Me Heart Vega sign immediately <laughs> throws it away yes. because now she's in Vega, love with Ryu. Vega is personally offended by this, uh, yeah. this turncoat. I loved how upset he was by that. Because yeah. he, he's a vain pretty boy who wears a metal mask for a second so that he can take it off and reveal how pretty he is. And he's very pretty. He, he is. is. He's, he's got muscle pretty. bones for days, y'all. Yeah. Muscle bones, cheekbones. Muscle we'll bones. Ju- we'll fix that in yeah, post, right? It's cheek muscles. <laughs> they flex at people. So anyways, uh, at just, point. <laughs> just before the fight is to begin, it is interrupted, as most fights are, by a fucking tank driving through a wall. With rockets on it. And not just rockets, like fucking V2 <laughs> rockets. Yeah. Shooting down spy plane yeah. kind of rockets. <laughs> Those are the rockets that we use to beat the Ruskies to oh, the moon. Man. And I who think... should pop out of this well-armored vehicle but our very own 
cartoon hero in big scare quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel William F. Guile is played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, who I'm sure killed like eight people bursting through the yeah. walls. You're all under arrest, because I guess there was a curfew? Yeah, there's yes. a curfew. And I guess the the uh, the Allied Nations, which is the stand-in for the UN, was enforcing the curfew? Yes. That's why the curfew announcement is in English. Sure. Despite the fact that we're in somewhere Asia. Shadaloo. And we know we know for a fact that these are not it's not the convention of characters speaking to each other in their foreign languages, but for the benefit of us, it's heard as English because later on in the movie, Ryu will have a conversation in subtitled Japanese. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this movie. I don't know what no, they Ryu were. doesn't have a conversation no. subtitled Japanese. Two random Japanese people talk in Japanese specifically to set up a terribly racist Godzilla joke. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We'll get there. Yeah. I thought it was Ryu because I wanted to believe in my heart it had something to do with the plot of the movie. It nope. Didn't. It just it had was... something to do with <laughs> fucking race. Yeah. We built this model city and damned if we're not going to use it in a Godzilla parody. <laughs> That's right. That's Chekhov's model city. <laughs> <laughs> the model city that when you see it from above is actually the uh, M. Bison logo of yeah. the skull with wings coming out of That's it. Right. Uh, so uh, That's now... city planning right there. Yeah, man. He is way into his own branding. He has custom drink skewers. He's got uh, several hats with yeah. the emblem on it. Bison dollars? Yeah. yeah. Each of which will be worth five British pounds once he kidnaps the queen. Yeah. He's, he's a man with several plans. He's got a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Chick it's it's great. ambition, man. <laughs> they very pointedly do not in this movie. <laughs> So now everybody that was in the uh, secret underground fighting uh, scene, the only one of the movie, Street Fighter, uh, is now in jail. <laughs> in jail. The jail which is in the backyard of the Allied Nations. Yeah, yeah. The like forward positioning, yeah. like encampment. They have a yes. weird little like base with a backyard and they keep all the prisoners there. And they mark them. With P for prisoner. Yeah. Well, that's how you know. So right. if they get out, they can't talk their way through it. It's well, that's because the prisoners are trouble with a capital T that stands rhymes with P and that stands for prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Dynamite, I wanna buy, Dynamite Music Man. Yeah, I want to buy 76 trombones from you, sir. <laughs> no problem. I'll even teach your kids to play them. I won't. And then my fat friend is going to sing a really dumb song called Shapoopy. He will, and it's terrible. And then I'm going to fall in love with a librarian. I'm lying to her, but then I'm not. And then my old nemesis, Charlie Cowell, shows up. The Anvil Salesman. This is going off the rails. <laughs> but that's all right, because in the end, I somehow convince the kids to play and even though they're garbage, the parents love it. They don't. Once the curtains go down, the parents kill Harold Hill. Man, I have very different memories of the plot for Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, now everybody's in jail for some reason. Guile, uh, Guile takes a meeting. Curfew breaking. You go to jail for that. Yeah, it's true, yeah. Curfew breaking, jaywalking. Yeah. The hard stuff. The hard Your stuff. Your felonies. Yeah. So, uh, Guile is having a meeting with some other allied nations people about his upcoming offensive against Bison uh, and they realize that they now they have Sagat who's a big gun runner to Bison. Well, no, the way that they find out that they have Sagat <laughs> is a man who has 
since been asking questions about the plan, just jumps up on the table with a knife and tries to stab him. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a waiter who shows up to bring them water. Yeah. And instead, he brings them an assassination attempt. And then Guile kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, and then is just like, any more new business? And it's great. Yeah. Again, I love it because the camera hangs on every one of Guile's one-liners long enough to make it think like, is the movie making fun of him? (laughs) I think the movie knows that he's just a shithead. Yeah, Yeah. a little bit. Also, every line delivery that Van Damme has in this movie, and more so in any other movie he's been in, which is saying something, every single line delivery is just dripping with eroticism. Yeah. (laughs) He is heavily aroused throughout this movie. What the woman. He is engorged throughout (laughs) the entire film, and it is uncomfortable. Well, you know, a a Jean-Claude Van Damme can only mate once every seven years. (laughs) Oh, sure, of course. Really, he builds up that sexual energy. Yeah, Coke will do that to you. (laughs) So, uh, uh, Guile uh, finishes talking to people. He realizes that Sagat, they have him in jail. He's a gunrunner to Bison. If they purposely allow Sagat and Vega to escape with someone on their team to infiltrate them, they can find out where Bison is, because no one can find him. So, they bring in Ken and Ryu, and they basically convince them to act as their sort of spies in Sagat's gang. They orchestrate a jailbreak, which consists of Ryu and Ken punching each other for a second, stealing some keys, and then stealing a bus... Stealing the bus that's transporting them, which also has like 30 other prisoners inside of it. Yeah. What happened to those guys? Dunno. I guess they went back to the local goons temp agency and waited tomorrow's <laughs> assignment. Or they turned out to be the circus and they were so pleased and thankful for their escape that they put on a show for Bison at the end. Uh, this no, comes out later in the movie. I yeah. like the idea that they go back to the temp agency. It's Is it going to be Bison? Is it going to be Shredder? Is it going to be <laughs> Alan Rickman? Like, who's going to come up today? What stupid goon uniform do to I get to wear? To be fair, Shredder's army was an army of children that he Lord with the promise of arcade games and unfiltered cigarettes. <laughs> That's very true. Children love unfiltered cigarettes. Yeah. Sam Rockwell did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He was all about them. Uh, menthol? A regular. That's the line from the movie that Sam Rockwell says. <laughs> killer Rockwell, dude. Thank you. you. They can't see it, but I'm dancing right now, just like Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Watch Iron Man 2. He does it. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> or just watch Iron Man 2, because it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. And Tom yeah. Holland has confirmed that his version of Peter Parker is the little kid that Iron Man saves. That's true, yeah. It's nice. pretty cool. That's a nice little uh, after-the-fact uh, little... Uh, Some uh, retroactive yeah. continuity there. I like it. Good work. You guys just want to watch Iron Man 2? Yeah, fuck yeah. this. See you guys. <laughs> All right. Good episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, they escape with their people. Uh, Chun Li, though, almost getting run over by the truck, at the last second throws a tiny little microtransmitter on the truck so she can track it. And then does a really awkward forward roll. And meanwhile, and also what happens is during the escape, Colonel Guile is shot uh, in the gut uh, by Ken. Three times and he drops. <gasps> Everyone crowds around Cammy, played by Kylie Minogue of Locomotion and uh, what's that other song? Can't Get You Out of My Head fame comes in and she's like, Medic! She screams Medic like eight times yeah. until finally a guy shows up and just listens to his chest for a second and then silence. 
Yeah, cover them with a sheet. Well, yeah, because we sheet, have yeah. to have time for the nurse to arrive with a big heavy briefcase with a red cross on it, put that briefcase down, fumble to try to get it open, realize that she can't because that prop doesn't open, pick it back up, and stand again. <laughs> there is an entire subplot going on in that scene <laughs> that is incredible. Mm. <gasps> yeah, but he's dead? He's dead? Uh, and anyways, so now uh, we cut to later on that night. It's time for Chun Li and her two friends, Balrog the punching guy and <laughs> E Honda the sumo guy, uh, who also pose as her news cameraman and producer, I guess. Um, and they, she puts on a ninja outfit and goes out into you know the ninja's favorite time of day, dusk, yeah, <laughs> to infiltrate <laughs> the morgue. <laughs> Because that's yeah. where that's where she's uh, tracking a signal that's tracking her tracker. Yeah. And when she gets there, she finds the tracking device, and she opens up, pulls the sheet back on Guile, and oh, Guile's still dead. Oh, no, he's, he's not! Dead. Yeah, he just sits up with the sheet over his face. He's been clearly just waiting for someone to come and get him, right. and this this uh, leads to my, my headcanon that Guile is, in fact, despised by yeah. everybody in this army. Right. Well, he seems to give orders. Not he seems to not give orders so much as he says, "You know what? I'll just fucking do your job for you with punches and kicks." Also, he is dripping with asshole for this entire movie. True. This is perhaps the least likable Jean Claude Van Damme ever is. Yeah, he's usually a very likable screen presence, yeah. and in this movie, he is a charmless d bag. Yeah, <laughs> huge. Dude. He, in fact, I part of me wonders if he's doing a Seagal impression, right? Because if he is, it's dead on. <laughs> <laughs> he's creepy and disgusting. Yeah, his accent never matches his country of origin either. Co- yeah, correct. So uh, Chun-Li basically begs Guile to uh, let her help him take down Bison because she it's personal for her. And Guile's like, no, it's not personal for you. It's personal for me. And then he has her taken off to jail. But she escapes. And all of a sudden, cut to Shadaloo's fucking prison carnival yeah. circus? It's uh, the Warlord's Conclave. Yes, the Warlord's Conclave. And there's a voiceover. It says, welcome local warlords. It's true. Please drink responsibly. Yeah, and M. Bison has shown up to this to, in order to buy weapons from <clears throat> Sagat, but it doesn't make any sense because it seems like Bison already kind of has enough weapons. And enough Sagat. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's he's taken over Shadowloo. He has all the guns already. And from what I understand, Sagat only has those weird tennis ball guns <laughs> that he confiscated earlier in the movie. And yet, we are treated to... Some acts of amazingness, a, 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 a dancer, gymnast doing some amazing things, and her assistants look very familiar. Why, it's E. Honda and Balrog and Chun-Li, who in the span of 20 minutes have run from the prison morgue yeah. to the Warlord's Conclave, gotten costumes, come up with a routine, and performed it flawlessly. Yeah, a flawless great magic act. Now, this is one where Chun-Li gets inside of a barrel, they seal it up, they throw the barrel between each other for a little bit, they place the barrel on E. Honda's belly, and then they slice the barrel in half, but there's no Chun-Li. She 
poofed up to the very top of the rafters, and she descends down on a cable. This took a lot of planning. Did they already have that act, like, locked and loaded and ready to go? I feel like that's their, like, to catch a predator thing. Sure. (laughs) It's not like, instead of meeting people in a Dunkin' Donuts, they're like, all right, guys, we're going to break another big news story. Let's get out the barrel. (laughs) Hi, I'm Chris Hansen. Why don't you hop in this barrel for a second? (laughs) I'd like to hit it with a scimitar. (laughs) Oh, man. They have to. They they do this all the time. She uh, fucks off for the rest of the meeting to take place. Uh, Ken is there and decides that he's going to try to move in on some Chung Lee. Uh, Walks into her tent. We just hear the voiceover of Ken, who is also just a giant Mm -hmm. douchebag that the movie seems to think that we really enjoy. Yeah, Yeah, and he looks like a cross between, like... A young Dan Harmon and now Dan Harmon in the sense that he just looks like he's never slept and is always drunk. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I don't know, like like uh, Ken and Ryu seem to be in like a buddy cop movie yeah. that just wound up in the middle of this movie. <laughs> yes. Well, to be fair, every single like Street Fighter type character has their own story that kind of overlaps, but doesn't really. Chun-Li beats the crap out of Ken, and then Ryu shows up to find Ken, and then he gets taken out by E-Honda and Balrog, and it turns out that they've been trying to get this whole thing together, but uh-oh, something goes wrong, because they set up an explosive device and send a news report, oh no, that's what happens, uh, while they're talking to her, Sagat and Bison's two respective gangs uh, start a gang war immediately. Because Because Bison is going to pay for the merchandise in Bison dollars! Right. Which, again, each will be worth five British pounds once he kidnaps the queen. Kidnapping of the queen. Right. I desperately want a thick, fat stack of Bison dollars. Because they produced some for this movie where it's Raul Julia's face on some money. Yeah. It looks like they just scribbled over some British pounds. With They're Raul really great, Julia's though. face, though. Yeah. They look great. Right? I yeah. want bison dollars. Mm, I'm all about bison. <laughs> yeah, bison is definitely the reason to watch this movie. Yeah. Hands down, for he's sure. He's got the dollars. He's got the big dreams of peace and harmony. He's, he's got, got the, the big uh, dreams of super soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the, the Street Fighter II arcade stick. Yeah, he's yeah. way cooler and much less of an asshole than Guile will ever be. And he's threatening to kill 20 people at the time. Sure. Yeah, he's very charming about it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and keeping in mind, at this point, Charlie Blanca, uh, uh, Guile's best friend, is in a white box in a basement inside Bison's... Uh, place being experimented on by Dr. Delsim um, and just increasing his muscle mass and being shown the same looped video of people standing in front of a fire and crying. (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to like program him to be the perfect soldier. You mean the perfect killing machine. Why argue over words? (laughs) It's a a little bit of the old uh, clockwork orange meets CrossFit, really, at the same time. Oh, so you mean you mean you mean P ninety X? Yeah, yeah. Olympic lifts, nothing but cardio, and nothing but visions of dead people and screaming in pain. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Doctor Dalsim, uh, remembering his Hippocratic oath, the first part of which is "Do no harm," decides that he is going to help uh, Blanca by when no one is looking, he splices in some pictures of his wedding. 
to like dolphins. make him not evil anymore. But it's not I even guess. his. It's not even Brief his wedding. It's you know what it is. It's the kind of uh, thing you would see at like a Sears uh, by like where they have the greeting cards or like the picture frames. Like the video picture frames, where it's just like, oh, here's a person's wedding. It's just like stock footage. Yeah, and stock evil, wedding. evil in this case is measurable and quantifiable because we see that he is fifty percent evil. Then Dalsim hijacks the broadcast and starts pumping in these images of good, uh, and then the bar changes to blue. Yeah, the progress bar is blue. The the red progress bar is already locked in, so yeah. we can't do anything about the half evil no. that he currently no. is. It's in, but he'll at least be half evil, half good. As perhaps all of men us are. are. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh my god, I just got that. No. <laughs> no. This movie's about the duality of man. <laughs> no, it's Guys, not. Guys, this movie's no. smarter than we're giving it credit when, for. When we root for villains and when we despise our heroes, the only one we can truly believe in is ourselves. <laughs> I'm learning so much today, guys. So for some reason, the carnival explodes. Uh, not for some reason. <laughs> Chun-Li, they, they just set a truck to rig an explosion and then just like let it roll into it. And this yeah. is my favorite part of the movie, hands down. Because they're watching on a video screen this truck rolling toward them that they know is filled with explosives. And bless his heart. <laughs> uh, Andrew Brynjarski, the man who would play uh, Zangief in this film, uh, he's been, he played football players in a bunch of movies in the 90s, like The Program and Necessary Roughness. He's sitting there staring, watching this truck full of explosives coming at them, and he yells out, God, and he means it so much. (laughs) He yells out, Quick, change the channel. (laughs) And it's, oh my God, in a sea of just shit, that, in a sea of just absolute garbage, that is the, like, uh, the golden lifeboat that takes us out of it for a minute. I would say, uh, you come for Raul Julia, you stay for the hidden gem that is Zangief. That's right. He's the best. He's so great in the movie. Um, Because he gets it. Yeah. Yeah. He's also the guy, Andrew Bernarski, uh, you would also know him, he's the guy who played Christopher Walken's son in Batman Returns. Whoa! Oh shit, wow. Max Shrek. Yeah! yeah. Duh! Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, we'll watch that someday for sure. That's another yeah. movie that has about four subplots too many. <laughs> uh, yeah! <laughs> and way too many giant penguins. No, no, not just enough. enough. Not enough giant penguins. You're absolutely I insane. want two more at least. And then for some reason the penguin has like circus-themed bad yeah, guys? Yeah, the Red yeah. Triangle Gang. What? They were already a gang. He just took over. Why? Yeah, because the, the penguins, they don't have thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> you got me, Patrick. You got me. Come on. I have no rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the, the 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 warlord conclave explodes. Bison is very upset, but you know what? He takes all the bad guys and Ryu and Ken back to his place because you know what? Ryu and Ken are the ones who exposed the bad guys. Mm-hmm. They they uh, led them to the exploding car. And Sagat, you can hang out too. I guess he yeah. says. Well, you need a gunrunner guy later, maybe. No. Uh, and then this is where he gives his great monologue about all he wants to do is, you know, uh, build Peace, the perfect soldier. Harmony. Yeah. Love have, and shit. Have some fun. He's got a feeling he's not the only one. Yeah. 
Yeah. But like, and then like, it all ends with him saying, and everyone will bow down to me in gratitude. It's they so good. We'll be very grateful. Yeah, it's fantastic. I it's assume. a great monologue. Again, uh, Raul Julia's performance in this movie, <laughs> knowing, because he, he is literally he is dying of cancer. Yeah, he's yeah, dying yeah. in front of your eyes as you watch the movie, and he's like, no. It's like Freddie Mercury when they were doing the last Queen album, and he came in to do uh, Show Must Go On. He was very frail, very weak, dying of AIDS, and they were like, Freddie, I don't, I don't think you can, we can do this. I don't think you got it. And he's like, I got it. And he took like a like a giant like glass of vodka and just like walked into the studio and fucking nailed the song one take and then like walked out and almost collapsed. But like it's that fortitude that the great stars of our generation have. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, unlike Freddie Mercury, who put his fortitude toward a great album and a great song, Raul Julia was stuck doing Street Fighter. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it's no overdrawn at the memory bank, but... <laughs> well, few of his movies can be. Um, so anyways, now Guile is very upset, and he's about to mount his offensive against M. Bison with his stealth boat. You know it's a stealth boat because it's all in black and has his name stenciled on it in bright blue. I think stealth boat is also stenciled on it. Yes, sure. absolutely it is. Now he's about to give a speech to rile up his troops to really get him pumped for the big showdown with Shadow Lou when, uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, a bumbling bureaucrat enters the scene. Yeah. This can't be good news for our intrepid hero. Knock-off low-rent Ben Stein would like <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme to know that the Allies will pay pay off M. Bison. Now this creates a giant fucking plot hole because he says we're going to negotiate with Bison, we're calling off the attack, we're just going to give him his money. Wouldn't it be better if we just gave in to terrorism? Uh, and of course Guile is having none of it. He's like, well what about next month where he takes more hostages and he wants 50 billion or 100? It's like, I don't know, I mean, he, he seems like he's going to be pouring that money into real estate, which is going to get him pretty set for life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, guys, remember, he's going to get all the major fast food chains in the world's biggest food court. Yeah. We're talking Arby's. We're talking uh, Long John Silver's. Carl's Jr. Yeah. Captain D's. <laughs> Howard Johnson's. Uh, 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 Burger King. Bob Evans. Golden Corral. Bob's Big Boy. Church's Chicken. It's actually Roy's big boy. <laughs> Hell, they might even throw a Piggly Wiggly in there. Oh, what the shit? shit. Man. So yeah, yeah he's going to be raking I, in money hand over fucking hamburger. Once again, fuck Guile, Bisonopolis could have been a great thing. Right? I could have knelt in gratitude over something like Bisonopolis. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, though. It only has 7-Elevens, no Wawa's. Fuck a Wawa. Yeah. Actually, to be fair, this was 1994. There were probably white hen pantries. <laughs> uh, when you go out, go out. To Bisonopolis. Um, so, so he is given, uh, Guile is given orders to stand down. Uh, he, send all the soldiers home. Yep, he goes and gives a really, what I believe he believes is a really good speech. Yeah, and his speech is basically on the lines of like, well, that's it. We are being sent home. You can all leave the war. Me, I'm going to steal this boat and shove it up his ass, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, woo! Shoving. Right, so at this point he has a rogue military yeah. outfit. Yeah, no. Yeah. And he steals the stealth boat, and then the rest of his crew steals all the other boats, and they yeah. boat off into the <laughs> distance. Uh, Guile just went full Joseph Coney. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, oh, don't make things real, Patrick. <laughs> but uh, Guile's doing a real uh, apocalypse now, a real heart of darkness, yeah. a real other fictional accounts of atrocities. Right. Yeah. So he fl- he he zooms <laughs> off in the stealth boat towards Bisonopolis. Meanwhile, uh, Chun Li has been taken hostage by Bison, and he has her sent to his room uh, and dressed up in her, like, in essence, her video game costume. Except it's red instead of blue, which just irritates me. Why didn't they just put, I mean, it's clearly to offset her from the, like, soldier people or whatever, but it's still ridiculous. It just, this movie goes to insane lengths to reverse engineer all of the outfits, and here was a perfect opportunity to not have to explain how she gets her costume. It could just have been screen to video game accurate and they just they fucked it up (laughs) but they give us speaking of costumes this scene where M. Bison takes off his M. Bison armor and puts on his M. Bison leisure wear with smoking jacket and smoking cap his His red velvet casual cap yes can I get those clothes oh man (laughs) my god it's so great all while all the while Chun-Li is explaining like her backstory about how her father was like a magistrate in this village and Bison's fucking goons came to town and killed him and then Bison ran away so guys guys all at once I think we 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 can do it together we can do it together we can do it we can do it the, the day, day that Bison, Bison came, came to your challenge was the most important day of your life. For, For Bison, me, it, it was, was a Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh, nailed it, guys. <laughs> so many high fives. Yeah. Like it was three different versions of that. It, it, was, it was a real uh, Vega heart sign all over again. Don't worry, I'll, I'll run it through auto too. I think that's how it works, that's right? right? Yeah. It'll bring us all but it the is. It's like words. a T Pain song. Uh, th- this is definitely the back of the box quote that this is what you come oh, to the yeah. movie to oh, see. Oh, absolutely. And he delivers Go. it with the solemn, earnest gravitas that only a dying Raul oh. Julia can deliver. Right. It's so good. And then he tells, and th- mind you, he's doing all of this. He's making like drinks that near as I can tell is just a glass full of Campari. Yes. With like, like a lemon of... rhyme yeah. and hey, like fuck two you. cherries. That's a fucking orange on that bison branded oh, skewer. I'm sorry, you're right. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's you're an right. orange. He's clearly getting ready for his fondue party. I'm yeah. telling you guys, Bisonopolis would have been an amazing place. The right. more we talk about this, the more I'm on that man's side. Oh, uh, this is also that beautiful tracking shot that shows that he has a chandelier made of human, human skulls. skulls. Skulls and like rib bones and vertebrae. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he picked it up He picked it up from like a Predator discount warehouse. Yeah, right. The old uh, Predator hot topic. You know, it, yeah. really, it really ties together the, sh- the skull-shaped fireplace in this room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just wants me to have all the choices of fast yeah. food, John. He had a, he had a skull shaped rug but it got peed on which is a bummer really uh, yeah. tied the whole, the whole headquarters together, together. <laughs> when it gets back from the cleaners things are going to be slank again <laughs> we don't believe in anything bison <laughs> we cut off your bison <laughs> um, and so now uh, meanwhile Guile is leading his stealth boat followed by hundreds of other non-stealth boats Towards uh, Bison Shadaloo Palace, they activate stealth mode, which is uh, full re- fucking Philadelphia project goes invisible. Might as well be Wonder Woman yes. on this boat. And on top of that, like 
it, they they have to like put down visors on their helmet, yeah. lest the uh, stealth mode like blind them. Apparently. Yeah, all the, if 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 you actually look upon all those lights as they are flickering and flackering about, you actually get sucked into the Max Headroom universe. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I like that one. That guy sells you coke. <laughs> and then their completely non-stealth minigun comes out <laughs> and they just start blowing shit up See, along now, the shore not only is the minigun incredibly loud very destructive draws a lot of attention but you're right it is not made Ooh. of the like optic stealth Ooh. material no so again it runs into that Wonder Woman and the Invisible Jet problem where it's like well we can see the minigun <laughs> just shoot where that is I guess but it's just ripping up radars yeah. Bison is upset so he's gonna take care of himself by pulling out his actual Street Fighter arcade console <laughs> joystick and oh buttons God, so and beautiful. then directing mines at it and eventually right. blowing it up. Just well, because the harder you press the buttons, the bigger they explode. Ooh, right. Yeah, you gotta power them up. So Guile, Cammy, and their other friend, they, they bail. They're about to get out just as Bison explodes it and then yells, GAME OVER! Oh, give that man another Oscar. Right oh, there. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> So good! Yeah, and especially because he's playing with the handicap of being in the Street Fighter movie. Yeah. Yes. Like Daniel Day-Lewis with all your specific choices and your gut-wrenching performances. That's easy to do in your Paul Thomas Anderson movies. You slum it in Street Fighter and yeah. we'll see your acting! Right, buddy. God, it's it's a bummer that like Daniel Day Lewis retired because now to all, make dresses. See, but all I want now is Daniel Day Lewis to be in like the Mortal Kombat movie that's going to come out eventually. <laughs> like I am going to perform a fatality on you and you and you now now now. <laughs> my name is Scorpio. This is my brother Sub Zero. We're ninja men, and we've come to town to peddle our ninja wares. Uh, well, that's great because I, James Mason, has been cast as Shao Kahn. I've been revived by motion capture technology. Oh, God. Much like your Grand Moff Tarkin was in your Rogue One. <laughs> James Mason's desiccated corpse is here, guys. John I, gotta, John, I gotta ask you, how long have you been waiting to uncork a James, James Mason? Mason? Well, you guys have to understand, I've had to wait for the podcast to line up a perfect Daniel Day-Lewis in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's why I wanted to finally watch Street Fighter so we could get there. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Um, if you don't know who James Mason is, you're probably under the age of 30. Uh, go watch North by Northwest. It's goddamn incredible, you guys. Yeah, that's very true. It's a great movie. Fantastic film. There's also top quality Eddie Izzard James Mason impressions in Dress to Kill. That's also true. Very true. I believe James Mason plays God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyways, uh, moving on. Now it is time for the big final climactic showpiece. Chun-Li and Bison have a little bit of a fight. Uh, Chun-Li proves herself to be more than capable of kicking Bison's ass. But then uh, her, her compatriots, Honda and Balrog, get caught up with Ken and Ryu, and they all get captured by Zangief. It's a whole big thing. <laughs> it's so crazy. There's like this, like, there's so this much stuff part, we skipped over. This is the part where they all run into the room at the same time, and he hits the door, and it closes down, and gasses all of them. Oh, that's right. While he laughs maniacally from behind his yeah. fucking panic room. <laughs> 
And then he delivers them uh, the coach from junior high speech of just, to think if you had worked together instead of against each other, you might have actually won. Yeah, and they're all like, thanks, Chief. Maybe next year at the regionals. Also... They were working together. That's why they were all there at the same time. <laughs> you didn't need to teach them that lesson. Well, you tell Stephen D'Souza that, John. Yeah. The next time you see him when he takes a day off from remembering that he directed one episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, uh, next time I see him, I'm going to punch him in the back of the head. Rightfully so. I wonder which episode. I don't know. It's a good uh, the one where the Crypt Keeper has a pun. <laughs> oh, I think I saw that one. It's like kind of a scary episode, and at the end there's an ironic twist. Oh. You just describe Tales of the Crypt like I always describe episodes of Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, Rose says something about sex, and then everyone gets mad at Betty White, and then uh, they eat cheesecake. Oh, yeah. yeah I one. love that one. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just the only plotline I can remember with any certainty, and it's terrible, but it's the one where they think Rose might have AIDS. Oh, yes! So Blanche! Or Blanche. That's right. I messed up. It's Blanche. Blanche says sexy things. Rose is the dum-dum. Right. Who always yeah. talks about St. Olaf, Minnesota. And then one joke I remember is uh, one of the Golden Girls is writing R on some of the mugs because she's afraid of the disease being transmitted by saliva, and the other one's just like... What are you doing? That's not how AIDS works. And she says, oh, uh, I know. This is R for regular. Uh, not a great joke from not a great episode. But aside from the theme song, it's the only clear memory I have of Golden Girls. All right. Well, thanks for that, John. <laughs> no, no, my no new more importantly, John, thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Over around the bend and back again. You're a pal and, and a, a confidant. confidant. <laughs> Uh, tune in to my new podcast where I tell you the one joke I remember from sitcoms I have not watched in decades. Stay tuned for my three-part Wings episode. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub shows up and says something goofy. Oh, man, that's not a classic episode. That's a great one. That's a great one. Oh, the kids at Sandpiper Air. <laughs> oh, man, a Nantucket Island. That's where, uh... Guys, guys, oh my god, this just occurred to me. I, I'm sorry to derail everything, but I need oh, to tell you this. Yeah, we were so, so on course. Yeah. Guys, alright, so at the end of Inglorious Bastards, uh, uh, Christoph Waltz's character, SS uh, Colonel Hans Landa, he, as part of his negotiation to uh, end the war, uh, you get all four, you end the war, killing Hitler, Goring, the, the whole thing, he negotiates land. On Nantucket. Nantucket. Yeah. Guys, there's an alternate version of Wings where a hand's land is just hanging out <laughs> on Nantucket, probably coming into Sandpiper all the time with the big Nazi symbol carved into his face. No, 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 it was the 80s at that point, so he would have been able to wear one of those Bon Jovi Aerosmith scarves and finally go out into society. Oh, like his like his little Stevie Van Zandt from the <laughs> yeah. E Street Band yeah. bandanas? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that kind of... Frightens me now. <laughs> yeah, uh, turns out Nazis are bad, even the ones that blow up other Nazis. Yeah. yeah. Also, people wearing headscarves always hiding Nazi signs. Oh, good to know. You're on notice, Stephen Van Zant. Yeah. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> Prove to us that you're not. 
Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't sue me. So M. Bison decides that he's... Guile shows up, and M. Bison says, We are going to fight one-on-one like true warriors. Like gentlemen warriors. Gentlemen uh, warriors. At this point in the movie, it is very difficult to decide who is winning and who is losing. Uh, yeah, those- yeah. Surprisingly, fight cinematography in this movie called Street Fighter, very shitty. Yeah. Yes, that's because all the fight, all the fights in this movie are shot from like instead of like like when you shoot fights, you're supposed to shoot them like almost like dances where you get as much of the body so you can see them moving. But this is like proto Paul Greengrass like fucking shaky cam bullshit because yeah. everything is zoomed in on people's chest so you can't see their faces so you know it's a stunt double. You can't <laughs> see their legs kicking so you know it's a stunt double. You just see guts moving around. Well, and yeah. the one time that you do see their their face, it is the actor kicking at the camera right. and then cutting to someone getting knocked over. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You get a lot of shots of people throwing kicks at nothing that then hit somebody. So, uh, Guile, for some reason, thinks that the base is going to explode, so he tells everyone to evacuate. He is going to take on Bison himself. Yeah. Uh, everyone else goes to look for where the hostages are, which, again, I think was pretty well uh, The hostage pit! It's called hostage pit. There are signs. Yeah, and at this point, it should be noticed that Bison's 72-hour, uh, three-day mandate to get his uh, $20 billion has lapsed, and the AN has not given him the money. Which doesn't All because- make sense, because they just said in the previous scene they were going going to just give in to his demand. But then the army rode away in the boats and crybaby English guy from the AN was like, but they're all gone. He's like, no, only most of them left. The rest of the army is still here. And we see one cook with like eight pots in front of him just going, (laughs) meh, meh. And the only good joke of the movie. (laughs) So the, there are, our heroes are looking for the hostages. Uh, Bison and Guile are having their boss fight. Guile handily defeats Bison. Yeah, by giving him a couple fucking somersault kicks straight from the game. Um, also, uh, Ken and Ryu split up because Ryu wants to do good now and Ken just wants to leave. And then... Uh, Ryu gets Which in a fight. It doesn't make sense because doing good at this point means just leaving. Yeah. They've been given the evacuation order. Also, Blanca is loose now, and he. Okay, so <laughs> we haven't even talked about Blanca. So, Blanca, if you're familiar with the Street Fighter game, is a big green monkey man with orange hair. Yeah. Like he's a big ape man. He can turn his body into electricity. That's right. his big gimmick. Right. In this movie, it looks like a shrunk down uh, Lou Ferrigno Hulk cosplay with a face that looks like Meatloaf from the Bad Out of Hell not Bad Out of Hell the I would do anything for love but I won't do that video (laughs) where he's supposed to be like the beast uh, and he's like hiding in the shadows it's real bad it's It's, real terrible makeup it's awful and he's got this orange fright wig uh, that looks like I don't know like an alligator and Bozo the Clown had sex it's real gross the man's move it was like a down and A it was a spammable electricity shock in the game right and he electrocutes fucking nobody right in this entire movie and he doesn't do the the somersault thing where he flies through the air and somersaults you Uh, yeah uh, Yeah. let's just pull this bandaid off right now there's kind of a Hadouken there's no Shoryuken there's no uh, bird kick there's no Zangief suplex. No. Nope. Nope. Then we get 
uh, kind of the the E Honda hundred hand slap, but it's like slap. nine. But it's like nine slaps. Yeah, and and we don't get Chun Li's kick. No, nope. we don't get Dalsim stretchy things. Dalsim is a doctor with a full head of hair, and he's wearing regular clothes throughout the whole movie, uh, aside from the chains and stuff around his arm and neck. By the end of the movie, somehow he's bald, shirtless, and like helping people escape. It's leading me to believe that his hair either burnt off or he lost it from psychosomatic fright. Well, no, <laughs> I, what happened was when he was fighting that guy who was trying to get Blanca to be evil, he got kicked into that big. Like oh the mu- IV drip of all the search oh, right, right that's right the goo the mutagenetic DNA goo and the anabolic uh, the anabolic goo yeah yeah it's all just like it's all the flavors of Mountain Dew in an IV and yeah, then he gets electrocuted red, yeah. and, and they are the hot neon colors you would expect which this sets up his stretchy fire breathing ability which he never uses which is nope. why I didn't even realize he was Dalsim yeah yeah, yeah it was a real bummer yeah. It was a it's, real... It's brutal. Real bummer. So there's guns going off, Cammy and her friend are outside shooting bad guys. It's just incomprehensible garbage. Yeah. Meanwhile, Guile, Bison, final fight. Guile gets the upper hand, kicks Bison into his thing. He is dead. Dead, dead, dead. To the point that he calls his friends, and they're like, how are you doing? Though Cammy calls, like, how are you doing, Guile? And he goes, oh, you're doing all right. Half dead. What about Bison. All dead. Ah. Uh, and then Bison's Bison's outfit proceeds to give him CPR, an adrenaline shot, and then electrocutes him, and then he wakes up, and all of a sudden he's got electric lightning, force lightning powers. Yeah. He explains it. It's a called electromagnetism field. It is what makes bullets trains speed from Tokyo to Osaka. It also makes me levitate. Yeah, yeah and then all of a sudden he spends the rest of the movie just flying back and forth like one of those... Punching ga- Guile in the yeah, face. Like one of those galleon rides you have at Great America or something <laughs> like that. Just swinging back and forth throughout the room uh, until finally Guile has had enough and he meets... Uh, Bison's uh, flight with a well-timed groundhouse kick to the face, sending him flying hundreds of feet back into a bank of monitors where he electrocutes himself and it collapses on him. Yeah. And, and then explodes. And then explodes and Bison is dead. So Gaio they- runs out. Meanwhile, DJ, we haven't even talked about DJ, <laughs> played by Giancarlo Esposito from fucking Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah. Who is got? He's got a Jamaican accent for some reason. He does nothing in the movie uh, except at the end sneak out on Bison to steal his retirement fund, and he convincing Zangief that uh, Bison was a bad guy, which Zangief takes real hard. It's heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. he this is no another idea. great line though, because Zangief's like. But if you knew Bison was bad, why did you work for him? And DJ's like, because he paid me real well. And he starts to leave, and Zangief is there, like, holding his shirt, and he sadly says, You got paid? <laughs> so good. <laughs> so the, the, for some reason, a countdown timer starts to time for fields to collapse, which I they have know. not established a field in this nope. movie. No, this is, this is, we decided the building was going to cave in for the end of the movie, building cave in at so the end of this Balrog movie. So Balrog punches the lock on the hostage pit, freeing all of the hostages. Right. By, by the way, Balrog, has, who's been wearing just a regular shirt and pants the entire movie, <laughs> is now wearing a shiny purple tank top and boxing gloves and boxing shorts <laughs> just running around punching the and shit out of people all over 
Uh, Vega and Ryu have a fight. Ken and Sagat have a fight. Ken has decided, no, I'm going to be a good guy after all. Uh, they leave Vega and Sagat just saying, like, hey, thank you for meeting me, Sagat. If I didn't meet you, I might have actually become you. And they leave, I guess? Yes. And Vega and Sagat escape, and they run to, to DJ, who's got his retirement fund, which just turns into a crate full of bison dollars. Ooh. So they're absolutely useless, because bison died and didn't get to kidnap the queen. But they, they escape Shadow Lou, the entire complex explodes. They think that Guile is dead. Guile, we all know, is not dead because we saw him jump out. It's like dramatic irony, but for no one's benefit. Right. And then they, they come out, and they basically, there's a real brief just like, we did it, we survived everything. Then they turn around. Well, hold on, first, before we get to that, because that is an amazing moment, but before <laughs> that, it is the grossest moment. Oh, right. Where Jean-Claude Van Damme goes to Chun-Li, who is still in what is essentially her Princess Leia slave costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chun-Li says, hey, can I finally get that interview exclusive, if you please? And he says, sure, I can give you an exclusive but you gotta wear that dress. That's after walking around her staring at her ass. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's real gross. God, that guy is engorged this whole time. <laughs> yes, he it's real disgusting. gross. And then she, like, kind of laughs that laugh of, like, like, I'm a professional and I'm acting, so I guess that's not really him saying it, but, God, it really feels like it. Yeah, I'm real sure. uncomfortable. Then they turn around, the building completely explodes, and it's a 90s explosion, so there's fucking Roman candles flying <laughs> out of it and sparklers. And then, for absolutely no reason, they all break into their characters, like... Like finishing victory pose, victory pose from the game, which also includes Chun Li like jumping in the air like a fourteen year old like yeah. girl at a Hello Kitty yeah. like fucking convention, yeah. Yeah. going yay freeze frame Street Fighter credits, and these credits are three songs. Between the songs, there's a fake DJ for AN News Network, yeah. I guess. Yeah, AN Radio delivering sick burns in the form of like laffy taffy jokes directed at Shadow Lou soldiers. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, and I don't know if this is true, that the guy who's doing the voice is the guy that Good Morning Vietnam is based off of. No kidding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wow. Just yelling out things at people like that, like it's it's hey, you know what? He didn't get to be in the movie Good Morning Vietnam, and so like it's you know it's poetic justice, I suppose. Street Fighter. If that's a true thing, I'm pretty sure it is. But, but I can't then remember. the uh, the credits have rolled. We are surprised to learn that there was a, a Hammer song, uh, two LL Cool J stacks, uh, uh, Hammer and Deion Sanders, Do not forget Hall Deion of Fame Sandy cornerback. One of the prime only, time high step in Deion. One of the few uh, players to play in Major League Baseball and the National Football League. Probably at this time still an Atlanta Falcon. Yeah, ninety four. Mm. No, he probably would have just joined the Cowboys. I think. Uh, yeah, fair. Yeah, or maybe. The Niners? Wasn't he on the Niners he briefly? He was on the Niners So briefly. maybe he was in the Niners at that time. And, Before the yeah. Cowboys, yeah. Audience, yell the correct answer as loud <laughs> as you possibly can while maintaining unbroken eye contact with the closest stranger. 
And somewhere in there, there was a Public Enemy song. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember understand. any of these songs being anywhere in this movie. You don't I remember Flava Flav just going, Street Fighter, boy! <laughs> the minisode should clearly be just us listening <laughs> to the Street Fighter album. Uh, but the final credit, which also includes the fact that the estate of Martin Luther King Jr. gave explicit permission for his image to be used in this movie. Yeah. This movie, Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final credit rolls, and uh-oh, we're back to Shadow Lou. Whoa, there's a post-credit scene setting up what I can only assume is the Street Fighter extended universe. No, no, it's setting up Street Fighter 2 Alpha. <laughs> and and we are see the the wreckage of Bison's base, banks of uh, monitors and sparks going off over there, and we hear very slowly his computer voice, the one that says "hostage pit open," uh, very slowly coming back online, saying "solar battery charged, solar battery active, active," and then we see his hand break through his gauntleted fist breaking through a screen cut to a computer screen and it says what would you like to do today and he scrolls down a series of things which are just like management time cards whatever world World domination domination. clicks it and then it says replay (laughs) hold hold (laughs) hold (laughs) click blackout now, this was clearly setting up a Street Fighter movie without Raul Julia, which would have been insufferable. Yeah. Absolutely, because they made that movie, and it was called Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Where no. it was a, a globe-trotting police procedural mixed with a military espionage thriller. Just make a Street Fighter movie! Moving off of this movie, the only thing that could possibly be good would be, like, Tuesdays with Zangief. <laughs> Zangief struggles to adjust in the modern world. Zangief has to work at a grocery store to pay the bills. You don't understand. Zangief doesn't fit in subway seats. Mr. Manager, you don't understand. In Russia, brown paper bag goes you. (laughs) And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of Street Fighter. We'll be right back with Bullet Points. Bullet Points. And we are back with our very first bullet point, Sonic Boom! Yeah, how many Sonic Booms were in this movie? One. Yeah. And it, it was really a grenade. Yeah. He kind of cheesed us out on that one. He really did. And then they didn't even say Hadouken, it was just like a weird flash. Body counts? <laughs> <laughs> body counts. Patrick, what's your body count for Street Fighter, the movie? Thirty-five. Ooh, all right, John. John, your body count. Shot. One hundred and twenty-three. Wow. John went way too high. (laughs) Uh, Patrick, (laughs) playing by Price's Right rules, you are the closest. It was forty-five. Forty-five confirmed deaths. Take that. Yeah. Now, sorry, we weren't. We were not counting uh, Raúl Julia's killer line delivery as an on-screen. No, we weren't. We weren't counting his. Killer zingers. Oh, well then like two. Yeah. <laughs> they murdered my heart, that's for sure. Mm. Alright, moving on to our next bullet point. Sure you can <laughs> Ooh, there weren't any sure you can No, either. there weren't. I was really no, 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 disappointed. Well, at one point, it was tangentially point, related to Street At one point, Fighter. to be fair, at one point Ken did uppercut somebody and then just spin around on the ground. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, and that leads us to best kill. 
Best kill! John, best kill. Best kill for me, because it's done just so casually, and it's done by the greatest actor in this entire movie. Uh, damning with faint praise, I guess, but Raul Julia, you're the man. Uh, in the beginning, he is making a show of his power, and he breaks the neck of one of the hostages with the same level of emotion that you would if you were, like, I don't know, twisting off a twist tap. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, because basically, like, he's like, well, you've waited all this time to fight me and Bison, let's see what you got. And the guy just, like, runs at his outstretched hand into perfect neck break position. <laughs> and then another guy gets up and he's like, you too? And does the exact same thing. It's awesome. It is great. Sad. <laughs> Patrick. Best kill. I'm gonna go with the Ken Ryu double punch. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like the guy who was previously whipping E Honda, but he falls to the ground and he twitches like crazy, so I know he's dead. (laughs) Absolutely. Did you see? Did he still have his shoes on? Because you you know, if you get knocked down and your shoes come off, you're dead. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it goes. I miss in the old days when your feet would kick up too. Yeah. Lay back out flat, but no. But by the amount of twitching, the amount of nerve damage that is done to this. Man, <laughs> by this two-man punch. Well, yeah, when you take a when you take a Ryu and Ken punch to the face to simultaneously, the face. yeah, uh, mm. Mm. that's powerful. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, Mark, best kill. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the kill from the character Cammy, played by Kylie Minogue, and she fucking busts the locomotion all over some poor dude's face <laughs> by breaking his neck, jumping on top of his shoulders. Throwing him down and then punching him in the face all yeah. at once. It is amazing. Because you know, he breaks his neck first. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I've thought a lot about the Hurricane Rana and the wonders of it, but she breaks his neck first. Yeah. And then goes Rey Mysterio on him and then punches him in the back of yeah. the head. As, as as part of her final move, as like just like a way like, I, you have no dignity in death. Yeah. I'm going to break your neck and then punch your face. <laughs> Take that, buddy. It's so great. It's a fantastic kill. Uh, oh, yeah, most of the other kills movie are just guy, rando goons Guys getting gunshotted. Yeah. 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 All right, and that takes us to our next bullet point. Hadouken! And it's just like a flash. Yeah, yeah, there is a Hadouken in this, and yeah. it, there is no ceremony no, to it. It's just like a No flash. one else Hadouken. It, it looks like Ryu has done it by mistake. Right. Yeah, because yeah. and it's literally like they inserted one white frame in there. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah. Like a like a cigarette burn, like like uh like fight club. Like mm-hmm. it could have just as well have been just a spliced in dick, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and that leads us to war crimes. Yeah. War crimes. Give it to me. Patrick, war crimes. When a diplomat representing the United <laughs> Nations comes allied to nations. allied nations comes to a military leader of the allied nations army and tells him specifically not to attack, <laughs> and instead said general takes his army and goes rogue <laughs> and attacks anyway, that's yeah. a war crime. God, it's going rogue, it is breaking the chain of command, it is stealing highly sensitive military hardware. <laughs> Prototype secret government hardware. They have a stealth boat 
with a non-stealth minigun <laughs> on board. That thing had to have cost a fortune in development. Billions of dollars. <laughs> and he immediately gets it blown the fuck up because he doesn't understand how stealth works. <laughs> and you know those orders were official because they've got the blue construction paper on the back. Sure. <laughs> now, to be fair, he does drop one of those pages into the ocean, and once you get them wet, I think they're no longer admissible in right. martial court. It's the same as if you snatch the paper out of the diplomat's hand and quickly eat it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. Although, when you do fish that piece of paper out of the water, it does have a hidden message from your uncle about where to go for the next level. True. That's right, baby. Star Tropics bringing it back. Star Tropics? <laughs> and Star Tropics 2, Zorda's Revenge. Well, that's... God, I think that might be my war crime. John, uh, John, what's your war crimes? Uh, definitely the stealing of military equipment and selling it on the black market, as Sagat has been shown to both purchase and procure throughout the entirety of the movie. Sure. Granted, he never actually buys or sells any of the weapons because they're either tennis balls or bison dollars. But I think it still counts. <laughs> and to be fair, those bison dollars, in theory, will be worth something someday. Maybe. Five British pounds apiece once he kidnaps the queen. queen. Sure. Uh, Sagat just is not a very good long-term investment strategy. <laughs> he's not. No, he's... He's definitely fallen into the uh, kind of a Ponzi scheme of yeah, arms he's in, dealing. He's yeah. into the quick penny stocks and uh, <laughs> quick turnarounds. He's the Jordan Belfort of uh, video game bad guys. Uh, Mark, war crimes. Uh, I'm going to have to go with a single drug dealing, money laundering, gun buying warlord taking over a, a country, yeah. uh, the country of Shadaloo. To turn it into a giant fucking mall. I think that's probably a war crime. When you take over a a whole country by force and then move it around the map of Asia so it's wherever you want it to be, just so you can build a skull-shaped mall. With an Arby's. Uh, I will say not... the Arby's. Yes. The Arby's. Not, not to sound like uh, too much of like a, a Nietzschean shithead, but yeah, I think the ends justify the means in this. That oh, yeah. is going to be a skull-shaped food court. Definitely, especially when Bison rids the world of people like Guile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, like I'm totally on board for this yeah. plan to succeed. Mm-hmm. Guys, there's going to be uh, there's going to be a Sabaro in there. Yeah. There's going to be a great steak and potato company in there. A Manchu Wok. Oh, yeah, that takes <laughs> oh. me back. Oh, yeah. That was that was Panda Express before Panda Express. Right. See, my Panda Express was uh, Wok and Roll. Oh, okay. Ooh. It was real tasty. They had one in the amusement park that I worked at as a teenager. Nice. Oh, interesting. Nice. Uh, see, and you never got to work at Bisonopolis as I know. a teenager. I know. I would have loved that. I would love the Adventureland movie that takes place in the amusement park in Bisonopolis. And yeah. the uniforms were bitching. Right? Guys, bonus bullet point favorite mall restaurant. Patrick, go. <laughs> <laughs> favorite mall restaurant. 
Oh, actually, you named it. I loved the shit out of the Great Steak and Potato Company. Yes! Loved the shit out of that place. And if you live in Chicago and you're listening right now, know that there is a Great Steak and Potato Company, possibly the last one ever. Where? In Ogilvy Transportation Center, and it is fucking good. Holy shit, I had no idea. Yeah, it's worth the trip. John, favorite <laughs> mall restaurant. But this, I'm going to get a lot of booze for this, but let me explain... Long John Silver's because of the Hush Puppies. Oh. You're right with that. I loved Long John Silver's. God, those Hush Puppies. You can ring a bell when you leave. That's true. (laughs) They encourage it. I love ringing that bell. And they give you all the fried bits at the bottom, and you can just tip that up. Because here's the thing. Fried bits drink. Here's the thing you got to understand. The entire menu is fried. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> There's the coleslaw <laughs> is the only thing that is not fried. And even that is a debate. Sure. A I'm sure fried. if you asked them, they would. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Mark, your favorite fast food restaurant in the mall. Uh, guys, I don't know if you remember this, but it was a place called One Potato Two. And <laughs> that's right, in the late 80s, early 90s, it was a mall food court. Uh, and I don't know if it was ever in any other food court besides the one in Spring Hill Mall in West Dundee, Illinois. Woo. But we, uh, we, it was basically you go there and it was a baked potato restaurant. Fuck, and so yes. basically it was like fucking, uh, uh, like a pizza place, but for potatoes. So they had all these different toppings. You, it was like a, a Chipotle for, for baked potatoes. potatoes. Right. And so it was like you got a baked potato and they're like, all right, let me get some cheese. Let me get some bacon. Let me get some of this, some of that, some sour cream. And then you got this big ass baked potato. I am as hard now as Jean-Claude Van Damme was during the making of this movie. Goddamn right. It was one of the saddest days of my life when they shut it down. How did this idea not go off like crazy? I love a baked potato I could fix endlessly. I know. I know. This world is cruel. War crime. Bonus war crime. (laughs) (laughs) The shutting down of one potato too. (laughs) And that takes us to our final bullet point of the night is this was that even the thing somebody said yeah that was uh one of ken's weird kick moves oh he had so many of those yeah but when he would like twist around screen it was is this an action movie is this an action movie john is this an action movie? It is an action movie in the same way that is a Street Fighter movie, where if you so squint, not at all, <laughs> if you squint and really try, you might be able to kind of see what they were going for. But no, this uh, no. Got it, Patrick. Is this an action movie? My problem with this question lies in the word movie. <laughs> Got it, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of cutscenes where limbs of people hit chests of other people <laughs> that may or may not have been in this movie. But uh, other than that, this was a mess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're saying no? No, yeah, I'm going with no. Great. Mark, is this an action movie? Yeah, it is not an action movie. And for a movie that stars one of the preeminent action stars yeah. of the time, Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van, Damme. Van Damme, it is very light on Van Damme doing Van Damme things, like kicking the shit out of people. Not a single splits. He doesn't do any splits in the movie, and he doesn't start kicking people to the very end when he's kicking bison around. And in the beginning, of course, we talked about it, but, like, for some reason, the person that cast Jean-Claude Van Damme then let him go on to, like, threaten people with his biceps? 
Yeah. Jean-Paul Van Damme's noted biceps. I mean, to be fair, he's a pretty ripped. He's pretty ripped, ripped yeah. He's got, yeah. But yes, it's, there's not nearly enough action. The last ten minutes of the movie I could constitute as an action short film, but it's incomprehensible gobbledygook yeah, on screen. it's cut to cut to cut. So like yeah. someone will kick someone and then you'll shoot to some other fight where someone just kicked someone. Yeah, it's real rough. Bizarre. So absolutely not. Not an action movie. Barely a movie. Barely a moo. Yeah. <laughs> not even Nakao would say it. <laughs> So, guys, final reviews, Street Fighter the movie. John? Oh, boy. Um, I Zero. Zero anything. This yeah. is, It is the absence of... I will say that I uh, enjoyed it a lot more than some of the worst movies that we've seen on this. Sure. But it doesn't... Hey, better than Green Lantern. Sure. Better than Van Helsing. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it just, I can't in good conscience recommend this movie to anyone else in the world. Sure, Patrick, final review. Despite, uh, the, the one thing I will give this movie is that Raul Julia gives like a full-on fucking King Lear performance in this film. Absolutely. And if you cut all of his stuff together, it'd be like one great villainous monologue. Mm. But other than that, it's just garbage. Mark, final review of Street Fighter the movie. Uh, I give it uh, pull the joystick down and then back a quarter turn to the left and then hit high punch. Freeze that guy and then uppercut him. First off, it is uh, down towards quarter, low punch to do the sub-zero freeze move. And that sub-zero would be second of all, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I was working all? my way up to that. <laughs> yeah, that was the point. My complete disregard for this movie. Oh, we played right into his hands, <laughs> Patrick! Yes. Not only, not only did it cause me to reference a different uh, franchise, but to do it wrongly. So that's what you get from me, Street Fighter. Fuck you. Yeah, that sucked. I will say that uh, Mortal Kombat really jumped the shark when Scorpion's spear move went from back-back low punch to back-forward low punch. Oh, what yeah. bullshit is back, that? Oh, I think it jumped the shark when they cast Christopher Lambert as Raiden. Nah, dude, that was great. <laughs> I love that guy. That <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> that, Yo, ladies and gentlemen, has been Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am Jaruni. <laughs> that was almost real gross. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. It was actually real yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah, right. Riding the line. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, where's the stop button? There is no stop. There's only Zool. <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick, Kyle, Bromley, John, Zangief Rooney, and Mark M. Bison Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. Please leave us a rating and a review. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.